Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Teamwork, a Better Way podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I'm joined by Spencer Horn. But Spencer, you're not in your usual location. Where are you? I'm in I'm in Vancouver, Christian. So I don't I, I'm a little out of my element. I don't have all my my podcast stuff here. So it, it's just uh, it feels a little a little different. But so excited to be here. I'm looking out over the harbor here and downtown Vancouver. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, what takes you to Vancouver? So I'm, I'm here speaking to a couple of CEO groups in Canada. It's the first time I've been to, back to Canada in about two and a half years. And uh, it's been you know, a little tricky crossing the border. Luckily, we made it. The truckers didn't block the airports. And so I was able to, to get in. Well, I'm glad you arrived safe and sound. And it sounds like you're having a fantastic time there. Well, we had a few technical problems at the beginning. Hopefully we got those resolved and I'm super excited to have you introduce our guest today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce her? Yes, and so today we're talking about the, the top five mistakes to avoid when working with, with your team. And we have the absolutely magnificent, incomparable Cheryl Knowlton. I have known Cheryl now for a couple of years and she is absolutely amazing. I, I got I to gotta talk a little bit about her accolades here. And, you know, she is a certified speaking professional and she is magnificent at speaking, has such great energy. She's so professional and she has so many other letters behind her name that have to do with, you know, her real estate. Just she just has so much knowledge. And one of the things that I just love about her, she can take something as mundane as mistakes in working with your team. She can make those exciting. And But she is the CEO and Chief Energy Officer of Dynamite Productions. So that, that gives you a little bit of clue, right? You know, she comes in and, and blows up the, the low energy of, uh, of your organization, which is a national speaking and, and coaching company. And she began speaking at an early age when you get to meet her. I mean, she, she has started when she was born and hasn't stopped, uh, Cheryl, right? And uh, yeah, bring her on. We can't see her, Spencer. Where is she? Oh, well, I'm going to put her on. I'm going to put her on. So but let me put her on here to the right, for sure, so everyone can see her. There's, there's her magnificent face. And uh, really, she's traveled the United States since 2011. And uh, just to the present, she has spoken to audiences in over 27 states. And now she's speaking to people all around the world that are listening to us. Um, she's a, the chief architect behind building the ARTI Academics, which is a Utah pre-licensing school from the ground up. She has created this uh, real estate school and, and she's in such demand just because of the quality of the the programs that, that she puts together. She is literally on the road multiple times a week somewhere in the, in the United States speaking to groups. And not only that, she's, you know, if you see those pictures of all the favorite Disney princesses, you'd probably see a picture of Cheryl up there because <laughs> she is a Disney princess. I mean, she wears like, her, you know, her Disney crown. She, I, one of the things is she has a book out called Only Half Crazy. Cheryl, how many half marathons have you run? Close to 30, right? 
I am very close to 30. As of today, I've done 28 and I started my training for number 29, which will be the first Saturday in June this morning. Oh my goodness. So she's running these half marathons and, and she's got this book about her journey doing that. She loves especially doing these Disney half marathons because then she gets to run in the park and it's just, it's just good for her soul. And so it just causes her to run faster because, you know, it's like she's running on air when she's through the Disney parks. But she is also the president-elect for the National Speakers Association Mountain West chapter. And so we serve together on the board, and that's, uh, that's, that's really awesome. An organization that she, she dearly loves. And um, she's also serving on uh, you know, multiple boards for real estate. And gosh, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but she has been speaking professionally since, what, 2003? My goodness, almost 20 years. Uh-huh. No wonder that your talent is so refined. And you know, one of the things that she's the host of her own podcast called Magnifying Brilliance. And as I said, she just brings so much energy. And, and I'm so excited to introduce to you all Cheryl Knowlton. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. You've given me my new tagline, which is blow up boring in your organization that is going on the website today. Today, <laughs> today, today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here with the two of you and for your amazing guests watching this live or later. Thrilled that you're here. And we're, this is going to be power packed and fast and furious. And definitely, um, hopefully, in the show notes, my information will be available to you so you can reach out if you have any questions um, or um, want more information about anything. Let's talk about the five mistakes that my team has made recently and how we have gone about fixing that, shall we? That, that will be fun. Okay, number one is poor communication. Poor communication, failing to talk about important things that matter in the organization. And I just finished reading Crucial Confrontations uh, the other day. I um, had a specific situation. I needed some assistance and support around that. And so I always look brilliant books. And that is an amazing New York Times bestseller. There are four authors. Um, so I'm not going to butcher all of that, but crucial confrontations, listen to it on audible. It was amazing. Talked about, um, teams and especially in the medical field where you've got nurses that are terrified to speak up when they see a doctor making a mistake because they fear for their job. They fear of being yelled at anything from a short term negative consequence to death, actual death, um, that, that's pretty dire. Um, and maybe the stakes aren't quite as high for your team, but maybe they are. And so just having poor communication, failing to listen, to understand. Um, I know for me, and we experienced this morning, every single Monday morning, we have a team meeting, um, which is a relatively recent thing for us. And I'm going to tell you where we got a lot of our solutions because that's another incredible, amazing book. But everybody was trying to talk over each other. And, and I, was, I was trying to go through the laundry list of each thing that each, each person had taken accountability of. And everybody was like, yeah, and I'm willing to do this. And I'm, and I'm like, get in there, get in there, get in there. So just taking a breath and just allowing the other person to talk fully and completely before we start jumping in with all of our awesomeness. 
and not forgetting to not fail to have those crucial conversations when they come up. And if, if, if they're, that book is specifically designed around if someone has broken a promise um, and if they do it habitually or if they are just doing it in this moment, get, having that conversation so that you can get past it and do it in a gorgeous, respectful way that is actually going to build and enhance the relationship. Because ultimately, it's about gaining clarity about why that person is not doing the thing. Is it because they lack the desire to do it? Uh, I don't like doing expense reports. I don't want to turn in an expense report. Can't we find another system I, you know, and that that person habitually just doesn't want to do it because they just don't want to? Um, that's problem number one. And the other problem to really look at is ability. Have you given an assignment to someone or taken on an assignment yourself that you lack the ability to do it, whether it's a skill set or a technology? Uh, you just don't know how, or, and, and you're afraid to ask, frankly, because you don't want to look bad. None of us want to look bad. I think for most of us that started in kindergarten, and that might've started with our first spelling bee of standing up there in front of your peers and every, everybody is going to lose except for one person. Those are bad odds. And I never, ever did very well at that kind of thing. I tried to charm my way out of a lot of things. And that doesn't work in a spelling bee. Um, it doesn't work at all. Right, Spencer? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But Cheryl, I have a question for you. So you've got this team that you say one of the challenges you have is everybody wants to speak over each other. Now, that's usually associated with a, with a certain type of behavioral profile that has high extroversion where that's comfortable. So, so I'd, first of all, I'd love to hear how you, how you deal with that. How do you actually know when you are somebody that has so much to say and want to jump in? How do you, how do you know when the right time to jump in is? That is a great question. And having done my pro scan with you and gone through it on multiple occasions, and you've given me such gorgeous coaching around my profile, um, I find that if, if other members of my team really want to talk, that is an invitation for me to stop talking. And I can I can at least solve that part of the problem by by me not talking over them. I can only control what's happening by the person in that's sitting in my own chair, right? I can't control them, but I can control me. So if I find that I'm trying to talk over them, that's an invitation for me to whoop, zip it and allow them to speak. Well, and so so you're setting a great example for the rest of the team to say, listen, as the team leader, I'm going to encourage the rest of you to, to speak and I'm waiting my turn. So hopefully you'll follow my lead. And, and do they do they do they catch that 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 example that you're setting? Most of the time, but we're, we're still working on it far from perfect, which is exactly why I'm excited to be speaking on this subject today. So, so one more one more question. So so that's with a team that has typically high extroverts. But what if you have someone on the team that normally doesn't speak up or holds back? How do you handle that? Invitation. As the leader, I want to hear from everyone. And I certainly want to hear, not especially necessarily, but kind of, especially from those who see the world differently than I do. And we're going to talk about that. That's another one of our big mistakes. That's number four. Um, and just making sure that I, as the leader, don't allow anyone to, to retreat into the shadows um, and, and even call them by name. Janine, I would love to hear what you think about this and then allowing them the space and grace to share what's on their mind and their point of view. 
probably going to be brilliant. So yay, hopefully that answers your question, Spencer. Let's do number two. Number two is a lack of clarity, vision, and values. A, a lack of clarity, vision, and values, and a no, and then beyond that is the part two A of that, or two B of that, is the no identification of goals, and even work a plan to achieve them. Um, so yeah, I promised you I was going to introduce you to the resource that really turned things around for my team, and that is this book right here, Traction by Gino Wickman. And Spencer is also a certified speaking professional. Um, and for those of us involved with the National Speakers Association, Gina Whitman's father, Floyd Whitman, um, is not only a CSP, he's also a member of the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame and has helped so many organizations, large and small, to get very, very clear about a, a many, many things, starting with. Um, gaining clarity around your values and then to go from there and create your vision and your basically your differentiated value proposition and from there um, creating a marketing strategy and it it's it, consent it, um, it, it builds on each other as you start with one and build that then you're able to go to the next step and he's got the whole thing dialed down to a two page business plan that will allow you to create as a team your vision, your values, your goals, direction, um, and also identify your issues for the next 90 days. Personally, for me, it's the most powerful book on business that I have read in the last decade. All right. Well, we definitely have to check this book out. I'm going to check it out as soon as we are done with our conversation today. Um, and I'm curious in your experience, how do you go from having mission, vision, values just being something that's a placard on the wall or it's a page in, a, in, your, in your corporate onboarding induction book to actually being internalized by people so they act as if they believe it. That is a beautiful question. And one of the things that I learned from this book is that it's absolutely non-negotiable that you have a weekly meeting at the same time and it starts on time and that there is an agenda that you're respectful of everyone's time by starting on time, ending on time and having a clear agenda of exactly what's going to happen. And I love, love your question. Um, because that is the, our first question. And, and in this book, he also talks about the creation of a scorecard that ever, all players, all members of the team play by. Um, and so we start every meeting by how, for us, how are we going to deliver magic? Magic is an acronym um, for our deliverables. And um, so how are we going to create magic? And then we talk about how did each of us do on our scorecard for the things that we are each individually accountable for? Um, and how did we do? And it's a yes, no. Did I do what I say I was going to do or did I not? And there's no excuses and there's no blathering. It's either I did it or I didn't. Um, and then if I, if I didn't, then, you know, we get to have a different conversation about, okay, what am I going to do differently to make certain that I do what I said I was going to do. But in the scorecard, it's so beautiful. And so it's a great way to keep everybody on track um, of exactly what we already as a team decided that we were going to do. And that, so that number two is lack of clarity on vision, values, identification of goals, and no plan to achieve them. Which leads us to number three.
Number three is no accountability for who is responsible for what and by when. At our meeting this morning, we discovered that even though we've been having these meetings, we all read the book together from start to finish, and that we worked on implementing each and every step of the way together, which was so valuable and so such an essential element that I didn't read this great book, and now I'm throwing up all these expectations on my team. We read it together. Um, and I found out this morning that something really, really essential, uh, an event that we're holding later this week, somehow was dropped off the website. And and what our issues, it's another thing this book helps you to do, is identify your issues. Issues are things that can be solved once and then you get to move on from them. And if it winds up popping back in, it wasn't really resolved or it needs to be handled in a different way. Which, for example, uh, finding out that our event this week had dropped off the website, I found out by having that conversation with the team that our web guy um, is not responding to uh, the members of the team and he's not actually getting work done. This is going to result in me needing to have a crucial conversation with him saying, we love you. We value all the work that you've done for us as a subcontractor now for almost four years for, for my company. I need you to step up or I need you to step aside. Um, and, and that's going to be fun. I can't wait for that. That goes back to poor communication and, and crucial conversations. So not having accountability results in um, not only not getting as much done as you possibly could in, in the shortest amount of time, it uh, creates a culture of cynicism, of resentment, of bitterness, of broken promises, and ultimately the worst of all, a suicide. We don't want to commit a suicide. And, you know, like, oh, he's taking care of that. I don't have to. I'm dumping it all on someone else. When we assume that someone else is going to do it and there's no accountability, that's when there's major, major breakdown. And, and we've certainly experienced our fair share of that. You know, Cheryl, the, the, so I love that. Uh, don't, you know, avoid a suicide. I find that this is one of the challenges, just accountability that so many executives struggle with. So how do you how do you make sure that everybody is clear on what their responsibility is and that they follow through and what happens when they don't? Obviously, you said with your with your webmaster, for example, you're going to have a you know a, a difficult conversation, which is appropriate. Yeah. But how do you usually do that so that you make sure that that accountability is clear? And ultimately, and like this is a commercial for this book. I'm not re I'm not related to this author. I've never even met him. But in this book, you um you that's part of what you do every 90 days is you create and refine your 90 day. Um, he calls them rocks. Your your core objectives, and then you break those down into a scorecard that we created together. I mean, every week that is our agenda for our team meeting is, did I do what I say that I was going to do in order for me to do my part that I took on? I was, I raised my hand, I signed up for this, right? Um, and and each person gets to give their own accounting in the meeting. Did I do what I said I was going to do this week, yes or no? And you do, and you do that publicly. In other words, everybody knows that they're gonna have to report to the rest of the team, which creates that peer accountability is very, very powerful. Yes, it is. And accounting and accounting for ourselves. Oh, I'm starting to say, um, in my coaching program that I am going through to become an accredited certified life coach, um, they've redefined the word success. And I love it. I love their definition of success as it pertains to this 
conversation especially, their definition is, is of success this, doing what I said I would do consistently with clarity, focus, grace, and ease. And I could do an hour long um, session on what each of those individually looks like, but success is doing what I said I was going to do. So each person is owning their bit of the project and their bit of the outcome because they see the vision, they see where we're going, and they see how their weekly part in that plays into the bigger vision. Um, yes, massive accountability in knowing that there's going to be reporting um, every single Monday morning at 9 a.m. So, yes, Spencer, absolutely. Number four. <laughs> Number four, nothing like a little intermittent dance partying. I love it. <laughs> Number four is not understanding who each person on the team is and the strengths and gifts and talents and abilities that each person uniquely has to bring them to the team. And there is a variety of, of um, testing. I don't like the word testing because that brings up all sorts of negativity in most of our brains. Um, but there is um, there are tools that each of us can use to get clear about who we are and the strengths and gifts and talents that we each bring to the table. And then giving each other and ourselves permission to bring those gifts and talents to the table. So just a few off the top of my head. Spencer, your pro scan. I think of your pro scan and how absolutely incredibly helpful and insightful it has been for me, um, not only as, as we did it the first time and that you gave me my results, but then as you've continued to coach me as I've had major milestone moments in my career and I get to the now what moment and how do I how do I use this information to help me? Strengths Finder, Wealth Dynamics, um, the DISC profiling system, and uh, my personal favorite that I am certified in is Sally Hogshead um, and her work around Fascinate. And today being the day after the Super Bowl, my, my beautiful friend Sally Hogshead is, was on the Today Show Morning, breaking down each of the Super Bowl commercials um, and which ones, in her opinion, were most brand uh, authentic and which ones were different. Because ultimately, when we're building a team, different is better than better. Sally says that all of the time. And she's another uh, gorgeous Hall of Fame speaker and one of my mentors. And um, I, I love, love working with her. But if we're building a house and each of us brings a hammer, and nobody brings anything else, we're not going to get very far very fast. We need the saw. We need the drill. We need all of the tools and gifts that each person uniquely can bring to each problem, to each challenge, to each vision of where we want to take this company, where we want to take these initiatives over the next 90 days, and ultimately the next year, the next five years, and the next 10 years to create even more than we ever thought was possible. Christian, I know you have something you, you got to ask. Know, we've only got, we've only got two minutes left. We got to get to number five, but go for it, Christine. Okay. Well, let's, well, we got two minutes. Let's go to number five. Let's go to number five. Okay. Number five is not creating safety. Um, Spencer mentioned my absolute love of all things Disney. 
And when I ask people, when I ask audiences, when I'm speaking, what is the most important thing to Disney when they're creating any attraction at their theme parks? And people raise their hand, they think they're hilarious, and they'll say, making money. And of course, that is an outcome. They are a business. They do need to make money, like all of us do. Um, and somebody will raise their hand and they say magic, which is a great answer, but it's actually not accurate. The number one thing that Disney considers when they are building any new attraction is safety. Knowing that I'm not going to bring my 10 absolutely perfect grandchildren to any Disney park if I don't believe it's going to be a safe, wonderful experience. As leaders, we need to create safety for our teams so that they can come to us when there's an issue or a challenge, that they know that they can come in and shut the door or set an appointment with us, depending on the, those dynamics of our schedules, and say, we need to talk. And you can get valuable insight about what's really going on in your organization, have your finger on the pulse of what's going on by creating a culture of safety for people to know that they can bring their issues and challenges to you and that they also feel safe going back to number four, bring their best gift and talents to work and they will be seen. They will be seen. Yeah, you know, it's so, so important to be able to challenge the the executive and see because of those different personalities, because somebody may be a screwdriver, you know, uh, opposed to a hammer, they're going to they're going to come with a different perspective, which the hammer needs. Right. And so yeah, and there's a, that's the exact juicy goodness and the value of that. That's right. If I'm afraid. If I'm afraid to bring my screwdriver and I think I, I need to bring a hammer because that's what everyone else is bringing, the whole team will suffer. I love that African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that Disney just slowed down the Matterhorn because they got a lot of complaints of back pain. So the Matterhorn's a little bit slower than usual because of safety. So, uh, right. <laughs> oh, we could have a whole nother half an hour on slowing things down for those who are suffering from back pain or metaphorically. <laughs> well, you know what? It's been so great. It, it, you had so many things to share with us fast and furious. And gosh, Christian, I, I, I'm going to throw it back to you for the last word here. Uh, I would just wrap it up and say all of these five things wrap up into the first one, which is communication. And uh, that bears out in my own uh experience. Uh, I've been working with a client for a very long time. And over the last six years, I have interviewed almost a thousand people uh, over six years through this client. And the number one reason that they give for success is that they have good communication. And the biggest challenge they mention is communication. It's both sides of the coin. And if you can solve that one, uh, then really anything is possible. So Cheryl, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these five things. I think it's super important. If people want to learn more about you and how you could potentially help them, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you? Oh, my goodness. Um, they, um, I freely give out my cell phone number, 801-380-8900. And because I am often speaking and or coaching, um, send me a text or you can go to www.claritywithcheryl.com and schedule a 30-minute complimentary session and let's talk about your challenges and how we might be a good fit to work together. 
And then, of Thank course, my so much, podcast Carol. on which Spencer was a guest on mine. You got to check out my podcast, Magnifying Brilliance, especially the episode where Spencer Horn shared his brilliance with us. So, yay. Thank you, Christian and Spencer, for allowing me to be here and share thoughts and ideas with your audience. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It went way too fast. It did go fast. And so, you know, Christian is being very humble here. The organization that he talked about is the uh, IOC, the International Olympic Committee, which is why he's available right now, because they're doing the Olympics. And so they're not they're not communicating with him. But in a, in a, in a week or two, he's going to be buried again, aren't you? I, I will be. I will be. So, yeah, this is my this is my time. Uh, the calm before the storm. Uh, as soon as the game ends, uh, games end, uh, we'll be conducting more of our interviews. Spencer, if people want to learn more about Altium leadership and how you can help them, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Email me, Spencer at AltiumLeadership.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-M Leadership.com or go to our website, Altium, www.AltiumLeadership.com and the incomparable genius of my friend Christian Napier. How do we find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, cnapier at gp4.com. That's uh, gpfour.com. All right, Cheryl and Spencer, it was great to have you both uh, this week and uh, enjoyed the conversation. Look forward to checking out the book and learning more about you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll catch you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.